0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Journalist Talk. And today we have a special guest. She's Jodi Holcomb, and she's the general manager of the Sundial. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Glad to be here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad that you're here, too. Um, Would you like to give the listeners a brief biography about yourself?
1: Ah, well, uh, the long story I'll spare you um, but the short one is that I am actually, I, I came to CSUN as an art major and I got my degree here at the university in art. But then an opportunity came up um, to work at the newspaper at that time as a production manager. So uh, that meant look, overseeing the daily newspaper because we were four times a week publishing then. Um, So I took that uh, because it was a little bit related to art and graphic design. And uh, I have been here doing work in the manager capacity at the Sundial ever since.
0: That's really interesting. And as a general manager, you just deal with the design part or what is a a general manager? I bet like most people might not know uh, like this term. Well, it's pretty,
1: it's pretty broad, so it can mean a lot of different things depending on the job setting that you're at. Um, here at our newspaper, the general manager kind of takes care of the things that are not handled by the publisher, who is also the advisor of the Sundial. So uh, the publisher slash advisor works with the students on their stories, works on editing and developing... Uh, editorial skills, writing skills, reporting skills, but I handle the back end of things. We have a print edition, we have a website, and we have social media platforms and podcasts. So I help uh, oversee those, basically making sure that deadlines are hit on those platforms and that the uh, infrastructure is there to keep everything running. Um, A former colleague said that my job, in in short, is basically to make sure that the trains run on time. And I think I have to agree with that. There's a lot of organizational and traffic management in there.
0: And have you worked in any type of publisher before coming to the Sundial?
1: I have not. This was my first um, publishing job, although I always loved uh, newspapers and magazines. I grew up in a house where we got the daily newspaper So I was always reading that at a very early age. And then we would get magazines. Um, They were kids' magazines, like highlights, Mm. but we would still get those, uh, my brother and I, and we would read those over. So I I was really um, excited to work for a publication because I thought, well, I, I actually thought when I got my degree, I'd like to work in advertising and go work at an agency, but I have found that I enjoy working for a publication much more and seeing how everything develops, not just from an artistic side, but from mm-hmm. the editorial as well.
0: And how come, even with your liking for the editorial part and reading newspapers and magazines since you were a kid, how come you never wanted to be a journalist or have you when you change your mind? I don't like to write.
1: (laughs) That's the bottom line is I enjoy and I appreciate well-written pieces. But the idea of writing something myself just has never held any appeal to me. I I guess I prefer to communicate with visuals rather than words.
0: Okay, yeah. Kind of (laughs) right. Writing is kind of like... 90% 90% of the journalists it, so. it is. If you don't have the writing,
1: then it may not be for you. But at the same time, I also see a lot of um, really interesting work with data visualization coming up where people are analyzing um, spreadsheets and trends and they're presenting those in a visual way. I mean, there's public relations, which is really close to journalism. And there's and... public relations. And I, I think that even for... For me, where I don't have that desire to write, I think that I really enjoy seeing how we can take information and we can present that visually, like I said, with data visualization or with an illustration or even just thinking broadly, like how can we make this visually appealing mm-hmm. and tell the story either on its own or complement someone's writing
0: with Okay, so you love our struggle.
1: I am all there for the struggle. The struggle is real. It's it's not easy being a journalist. That's what I've noticed. You don't you don't always get a lot of respect. There's a lot of mistrust, but at the same time, it's so it must be so rewarding to see your work in print it and is. to see that you wrote something and it's out there for the world to read because it's a lot of work but it's also again it's super rewarding and it's providing information to people that they want to know or they need to know and it's a big thing.
0: So you also like design the newspaper and the website right? I work with a print editor and an
1: online editor to kind of help them focus their ideas into a design. So I do training to get People up to speed Uh, for the website. We use WordPress, so I will train people how to use WordPress and maybe how to do some basic HTML and CSS coding for the site to kind of amp up what's there. And then for the print version, we use Adobe InDesign and Photoshop and a little bit of Illustrator. And I will work with the students to help them learn how to use that. But also, if they don't come in with design skills or vision then I'll help work with them to kind of focus what that might look like and to kind of help them get their own footing because you know I yes I could do it all myself but I want any student that comes through here I want them to leave knowing how to do that themselves and if they don't feel like they know how to do it themselves at least they have the vocabulary to talk to someone who will do it in a professional setting.
0: Yeah that's interesting I mean it's a lot of work to design like the cover and et cetera, so Which strategies do you teach the students that are important when they are like starting to use the website or starting to plan the cover uh, of a magazine?
1: I always say that you should plan far in advance, especially for print. Print takes a little bit more time because there is a printing process involved and online is very immediate. When you're done, you can just publish it up to the web. But I I also encourage anyone who's going to start working a platform is to sketch out what you want and think about what you might want to see and get examples from the real world. Go to the websites, go to the newspapers and the magazines that you like to read and resonate with you. Why, Why do they resonate what it makes this something that you return to and you keep reading over and over again That might be the content but there might also be some really good visuals that you respond to and you find are interesting and think about how you might utilize that in your own design I find that students a lot they really they don't look sometimes at other examples maybe they feel like they're copying or that's kind of cheating but it's it's not it's it's inspiration If you're doing an exact copy yes. That's that's plagiarizing. Don't do that. <laughs> but if you're looking at a website and you say, you know, I really like the color scheme that they've used here, or I see that in every story they make sure to add this bullet point, they link somewhere else, and they include this factor, I would like to incorporate that. Those are not cheating. Those don't mean that you're a failure. They're just information gathering. So I think that that's very important, too, is to come in and, and read and get inspiration. That's true.
0: I had to work in a... Magazine in my second semester of college back in Brazil and each student had to design its own magazine. Mm. It was like 20 pages. It's very hard if you don't plan something in advance because it's very detailed. There's like measurements. You have to put something more like, oh, I'm going to put this to the left and to the right. And by the end of the day, it goes like, I don't know how many different types and examples have you made to make that work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If, if you come in and you're
1: just going to wing it from the beginning, you may not be as happy with the results as if you take a little bit of time to plan in advance. Um, and I bet with a lot of different people designing their own section, you probably came in with a wide variety of different looks, which is not a bad thing. It may be kind of interesting. You turn the page, and go, this is completely different from the last one. For us, and what I try to teach in in here is to be, have a kind of a consistent look, not just from page to page, but maybe from issue to issue. They don't all have to look the same, but you kind of want to establish that. When I pick up the sundial, I can expect this, this, and this. I will see this section and this feature and this type of article in the print magazine. And I go to the website, I will see this kind of story. I will be able to access this and always access this section and Find out, find out my sports scores and find out what's happening around campus, those sorts of things.
0: What's the main thing that they have to put in every issue of the, the magazine?
1: Well, for our magazine, which we have just started this year, so we are still working out some kinks on it, but we are trying to, for our magazine, develop a community-based theme for each issue uh, when we were a newspaper, because we published first, we were four times a week, and then we went to weekly, we would just report the news. So it would just be like picking up the LA Times, picking up the New York Times, and reading it and, and getting the latest and greatest information. But as you and I, we all do now, we get our news online. Yeah. I mean, as much as I love newspapers, I've, I'm
0: reading things online. And how was this transition here in the San from four issues per week of a newspaper and then like weekly newspaper to a magazine?
1: Well, it was an interesting transition. We, uh, The Sundial began in 1957, and they were doing, I think they they started out as a weekly or a bi-weekly publication, and then somewhere along the way, they picked up to four times a week, which is considered a daily for the college scene. And then they did four times a week for a number of years, but we were seeing towards the end, and I believe we transitioned over to a weekly in 2014. Those last few years, you could guarantee that people were not picking up certain days of the week. The The return rates for some days were very low and other days were very high. So we just thought it seems to make sense that we see the trend of people going online to get their news. Then we should really put our focus towards being fast and consistent and getting news up onto the website, move the print edition, keep it because it is something that we wanted the students to know how to do and to have that experience. So we moved it to a weekly. And then at that point, we were also doing a theme based newspaper. Well, I shouldn't say that we started out doing a weekly news. And then we were still realizing that now people are still reading the website for their news, not for this weekly edition. So then we decided to make that pivot over into this community theme and then we started to do it we didn't complete a full year of it in newsprint because of covid and then we took that long break when we started to think about coming back into class we thought well are people going to read newspapers period are they familiar with it does it make sense to do a magazine size if we are already doing these community-based themes does it make sense to keep them in newsprint or to bring them down into a magazine format where we could have like a really nice cover and then we could have some deeper dives and it could be longer or, would you know, at least with the smaller size, you would have, if you write an 800 word story, it takes up multiple pages instead of two on a big newspaper. So that that was the thinking behind that. And then we went to this, again, part of it is because of the longer time it takes to assemble a print product. So we went to this um, three week format so we publish five times a semester
0: that's interesting how about the website what is the format that you guys need to follow and how many times a day do you guys post on the website because Um. I know that it has to be like updated more consistently than a magazine since people get their news from the website right ideally we want to see that website
1: updated a few times a day we know that's not always possible because we are a learning environment before anything else so we realize that sometimes we need to take more time um, teaching people and and helping them develop their story and finish out their um, sourcing and their editing before we put something up Uh, but I think any news site as a whole should be publishing fresh content a couple times a day. If you're not a learning environment, like again, for us, we're we're trying to make sure that you guys are learning and and understanding what you're writing before publication. We might take a little bit more
0: time. From my understanding, it's also important to have ads on the website and in the magazine. Which strategies do you use to get ads to sponsor the Sundial? Even uh-huh. if it's like a university newspaper.
1: Well, I'm probably not the best person to ask for that. I don't have a sales background. I do uh, assist in it because we are a bit short-staffed right now, and we don't have a dedicated salesperson. But what we include in our pitch to advertisers is that we are a student newspaper. We are, again, a learning environment. So when you advertise with the Sundial, you are supporting student journalism you're supporting students you're paying their their salaries basically by supporting this and the activities that we do for you guys the field trips not field trips but the conferences that we send you guys to so um that's a big part of our pitch and then the other part of it is that this is a unique audience you have this campus of people that have come together and they we they may not be from this area so they might not know your business because they commute here from somewhere else. But by advertising in the Sundial, you can get the word out for people who might not otherwise know that you are around. So those are kind of the two main things that we try to push with
0: our advertising pitch. You keep saying like the word community mm-hmm. and... In the interview, and I was wondering how the community in Northridge, the region here, accepts the sundial. They read the sundial. What's the demand from outside campus? Well, we
1: don't. We try not to track too much of that. I know there are a lot of news sites that will track that data, and we don't. But we average somewhere around thirty thousand hits a month, and. Over time, we get very close to a million in the course of a year. So I know that people are reading off campus. That can, That is not going to be just campus readers. So I think for us, it's important that we have leveraged our social media to push out our story. So I think that there is readership that is on campus, but I think there's a decent readership off campus as well because we do report on things in the area. We do report on
0: things unique to Northridge. Do you guys also get any feedback from them, like those contact us pages in the website or through the social media even?
1: We do. We will have people reach out and they will say, hey, this thing happened to me. Can I talk to you about it? Or they may, like, for example, right now we're in the mayoral race. So we have the mayoral candidates have been contacting us. and Like, will you interview us or can we advertise with you or what can we do to get a message out? Which is If you are getting those kind of things, I think that's interesting because that means that someone is reading your paper and feels like there is a readership there that they want to reach
0: yeah that's that's very important and really interesting to, uh, to know like there is a big reach outside campus because like we, we were talking this morning some people on campus are not reading the magazine that's true that's <laughs> sometimes true. sometimes we put in the stands and it just gets old how would you motivate people that are listening to us to keep up with the news
1: I would say being informed about what is going on in your community and the world around you leads to curiosity, and that curiosity can be rewarded by putting yourself in the shoes of others. I think being well read leads to empathy and to understanding, but I also think it really enriches you as person. Um, I would encourage people to read things that they don't agree with, not just the things that interest them, but something you look at and go, eh, I don't know about that, but read it through. See for yourself rather than just not. We certainly get a lot of people who go, how could you write about this or that? Well, it's because this or that exists
0: and we need to write about it. It is there. Well, it's just here, everybody. A Journalist Talk, they would get wise words from <laughs> <doing> it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about wise, but... Well, I just wanted to thank you so much for talking to me today. And it was a pleasure having you here. And I'll see you guys in the next episode.